Hey there, folks. I'm Isaac, and I'm making kings. And I'm Claire. And this is make, make that, that game, game, where we or pitch the latest, greatest new video game ideas that aren't real. They're fake. They're, they exist just in this podcast. Once this podcast is over, you'll forget everything you've heard here. Law, actually that's kind of more than what we usually say <laughs> <laughs> i'm so just i'm trying fingers. something new <laughs> we will uh, you will forget where you are yeah <laughs> um well isaac what have you been up to this week what's your what's been your gaming well endeavors? sadly i've been gaming a different kind of a different kind this week i have not been able to play video games because i've been finishing up a tabletop game campaign that took most of my gaming time uh disgustingly come on the the fact that i'm forced to play tabletop games which i love <laughs> just heinous absolutely heinous but in the little gaming time that i could spare i have been playing the latest expedition in no man's sky which i did mentioned a while ago it's all about your freighter which is like a, a big big spaceship that hauls a lot of goods so the the expedition as i mentioned before is kind of like this um series of quests that introduce you to the mechanics of the new big like update that they did mm -hmm. um which, weirdly enough, very few of these quests really have to do with freighting in any capacity. Uh, most of it is, like, fly down to a planet's surface, find a crashed freighter, and then don't do anything. Like, you just find it, and that's called mm -hmm. a rendezvous point, and there's, like, five of them you have to get to. And then, like, some... There, like make money which you can do via any method not specifically like trading goods in your big freighter um the only like really super freighter related stuff is every once in a while it'll be like build this room in your freighter or recruit like members to your fleet but like that's mm -hmm. it so i'm not really f getting into the theme of this one where the last one like the roguelike one was all, like had this like mysterious story you've got amnesia you've got to figure out why you keep reincarnating and looping and other characters are like trying to help you figure it out they're like oh that's very mysterious and you go on to these derelict freighters and like fight stuff and it, it like feels put together whereas this is just like here's a here's a bunch of stuff you can do um i said it before i'll say it again freighters were boring before freighters still feel boring so, yeah, that's my latest gaming endeavors. How about you? Yeah, so for me, I mostly just been playing lots of Oxen Free. I started the second part of the game, which I talked about last week, where it's like, ooh, the end, question mark, question mark, question mark. So I started playing again. And I'm partially glad that I took so long to start playing because... Now it's kind of like all new, even though I'm repeating the same stuff pretty much. It's Not like, as annoying. Oh. 
But the downside to that is when there's choices to make or things, it's like, well, I can't remember what I did last time. Like, should I do something different if I wanted to? I can't remember if I am or not. So that's kind of a bummer and makes it a little bit more challenging. Um, I do think that the gameplay is going faster than the first time around. And I don't know if that's just because, yes, I did know it or if the game has kind of like designed itself to not be 100% repetitive. So I do appreciate that. And there are some new things that are happening to... Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely keeping my attention and I've been enjoying it. And I hope, I have a feeling, I have a little feeling that this might not even be the final time to play through it. I think. You think that there's a third playthrough? I think there, yeah. Oh, uh, geez. That's a lot of playthroughs for one little game. It is. It is. But we'll see. I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. But we'll see. Okay. But yeah. So do you have anything to honk and bonk? this week you know something you're really excited about so you give it a honk because that's how that works or something you you know you think could be better in a game so you give it a little a little bonk a little bonky bonk yep so i am gonna honk and bonk pathfinder kingmaker by owlcat games which is a crpg a computer rpg which is uh like the classic i don't know western style of rpg generally like an above view or isometric view where you have a party of player of of characters that you control uh in a kind of tactical sense when it's in battle um and it's based on the pathfinder rule set which is a tabletop rpg wow look at this i'm i'm tying things together i play tabletop games instead of rpgs and i'm playing and i'm talking about the tabletop rpg in computer form but um wow yeah, so it's based on Pathfinder's rule set, and I, I, I haven't played Pathfinder a whole lot, and I can't tell if it's based on Pathfinder 1st Edition or 2nd Edition, which are kind of wildly different games, um, but I also have not paid too much close attention to the mechanics that are happening in front of me, because I'm a very smart, very uh, noticey, very... Um, very cool guy. So, anyways, You're the honk. Cool guy. <laughs> yeah, Lucky. I said it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, right. don't worry about it. All right. So, um, honk. They have the option for real-time mode or turn-based mode, which is pretty cool. Um, this is a feature that like these kinds of games have had for a while, or at least some of them have. I remember this being a thing in Neverwinter Nights, which is like a 1999 or early 2000s game. Um, that I used to play on my dusty old laptop in high school. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I am going to skip ahead to a bonk. I did not like the real-time mode at all, and I failed to understand why anyone would ever want to actually use it. But, hey, different strokes for different folks. (laughs) That's not really a full bonk, but... It's cool that the option is there if if you like the real-time stuff, but I don't know. Turn-based just felt right. Everything else felt like a ton of stuff was going on. Lots of, like, damage pop-ups and, like, stunned, poisoned nonsense. Okay. So what do you Give mean? Me I'm not really quite sure what you mean by that, to be honest. Like, real-time versus turn-based. Um... So, you know how in Dungeons & Dragons, when we play, it's like uh, Majira takes their turn, then Mongo, then Evan yeah. Aspie. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's turn-based, whereas yeah. real-time is everything is happening at the same time. In real-time, other words. 
So just like battling, yeah. like like Elden Ring battling. Yes, but you still got like the top-down view, and you've still got to input commands for all the characters and stuff. It's just oh, they like, like multiple they, characters. Yeah, you have multiple characters. You kind of um. Yeah, so so like. You'll have a party of like three or four characters. One's a barbarian, one's a fighter, one's a bard, and one's a warlock, right? And in the in the turn-based mode, you kind of have direct control at all times. Uh, nobody does anything without you directly saying for them to do it. Mm-hmm. And the real-time mode, I haven't played too much with the differentiation between it. I, I think that you can set some AI for turn-based mode, so you just handle your own character. I think you can do that. But anyways, in real-time mode, they kind of have, like, a default AI where, like, the barbarian will run up and smash things whether you give it input or not. So you don't have to, like, micromanage in real-time every single little action. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's it's just a lot more hectic and harder to manage, and characters don't exactly necessarily do exactly what you want them to do. So I prefer the turn-based mode. Yeah. Um. And then the second honk is there's a lot of character customization options that I uh, basically completely ignored because I already knew what I wanted. And by knew what I wanted, um, I'm going to skip ahead again to <laughs> another bonk. You're going rogue today. Yeah. <laughs> there is a limited number of character portraits that you can pick. So the first thing that you do when you make a character is you pick a character portrait. And there is a limited amount and some very esoteric choices so I picked like this very uh, Joan of Arc looking character, um, like in armor with like a halo kind of in, in either, I'm pretty sure there's a classic art piece of Joan of Arc that this image was based off of. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I guess I customized my character to look like this portrait. Now thinking about it, as I was typing up the, my notes for this podcast, you probably can upload like your own portraits if you go into the portrait folder in the game files and you can Ooh. probably upload whatever you want and like have infinite customizability there. But my my actual bunk is that there's no UI option to upload a portrait. Like you can't uh-huh. easily do it in game. There's there it it didn't there was no option for you to do it in game, so and it, it wasn't clear that this was like something that you could do if you wanted to. I wanted to say that this this is kind of a tangent, but it's a good flashback to The Sims. Sims 2. But they didn't say you could do this in-game either. I feel like being able to upload things to like uh, like program folders is like a special like treat if you figure it out. Yeah. Or like re- read enough forums. But what I used to do in The Sims 2 is you could upload images that The Sims could paint. So oh. like, for paintings, you could pick like um, they would have like in-game options like bowl of fruit or blah, blah, blah. But you could like upload if you uploaded images to a certain folder, then you could also choose from those images for them to paint. So they could like paint real world things, which I thought was really, really cool. And then I also would upload music. So I know we all know like the Simlish tunes that they have going on in there, but I could like upload a Green Day album. And have them oh, listening wow. to that in game. So I just thought those were cool. I just wanted to throw that out there that like it is pretty fun when you get to know like oh I can like insert my own stuff into this game. Yeah, but also they could have a UI option so that I could could do it like 
excuse me, they can have a UI option so that I could like do it as the spur of the moment thing. Like I didn't go into this thinking that I would need to have portrait art prepared, honestly. So I don't understand the purpose of the portrait because in most other games of this type, like modern ones, like uh, Divinity, Original Sin, they just use the 3D render of the character that you make mm-hmm. for the portrait. So you don't have to, like, you pick your portrait and then you make a completely different looking character. Like, I could have picked a portrait of, like, an elf ranger and made an orc barbarian, which mm-hmm. I think is just weird. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can probably add images to a folder and get whatever portrait you want in the game. But just, I don't know, just doesn't seem like it was a fully thought through feature. Um, second bonk. Random encounters, you actually, like, so you're walking along the map. They have a world map, so you go from, like, the city to the dungeon that you want to go to. As you're walking along the world map, it, like, behind the scenes rolls some dice to determine whether you encounter, like, random goblins or bears or whatever on the road. And then if you do, it takes you to a little battle map where you actually play out the random encounter. And then once you're done... Just like D&D. Just like D&D. Except when you're done with the random encounter, you actually have to walk off of the map. Like, once the encounter is completely done, you still have to, like, find the exit point of the map (laughs) and leave. Even though there's, like, the map was randomly generated for this one, like, random battle with no consequence. And it's like, okay, cool. There's no button to just quick exit. Like, I understand sort of the purpose. Like, they want you to be able to loot the enemies that you battle. But as far as I could tell, there was no reward for, like, exploring the little random battle map. There was no, like, hidden treasure chest or anything. So, like, once I loot all the items, I feel like there should be an exit map button instead of physically moving my character to an exit point. Like, Yeah, I agree. That's kind of weird when, like, it was a random map. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, part of it necessarily to, (laughs) to leave. So, yeah. Oh, that's odd. And then... The third bonk was I was at, I started the game like directly controlling my one character and like I could switch to other characters and tell them to do like things in battle. But for the most part, I was like directly walking my one character around and my allies were following. And then I stopped being able to do that for some reason and I couldn't figure out how to do it again. So like my controls just basically switched in the middle of me playing it. And I was like, what? what why and i have not been able to recapture the good controls yet and i don't i don't understand uh, come on help help me out here um so i was playing with specifically i was playing with controller and i was able to use the deep the not the d-pad the controller stick to directly walk a character like the character i was directly controlling around but at some point, it was like, okay, I have to click a character and then click the location I want them to walk, and I can't directly control them with the controller stick. Okay, that just sounds like a buggy thing. Yeah, I don't know if it was a bug or if I somehow like hit a button that changed the settings, but I I tried mashing a bunch of buttons again and I didn't uh, I didn't get back under it. But yeah, that's Pathfinder Kingmaker. Uh, it's a nice game. It. <laughs> You know, if if you play Pathfinder and you want to play a computer version of it, like it it hits all the boxes. It is indeed an RPG on a computer, 
Um, I don't have super high praise for it, but I also don't have like, like it, it's not, it's not bad. It's not terrible. I don't really have anything negative to say overall, and I don't have anything positive to say. Like it sure is a game. (laughs) Wow. Wow. All right. So the last thing I'll note is I know that Pathfinder Kingmaker is kind of like their first and it might be like a, a relatively lower budget version. I think Wrath of the Righteous or they have like a second game, also a Pathfinder game that I heard is better. So I've, I'm eager to play that and see how far they've come. So maybe maybe that'll be next episode. Ooh, okay. So yeah, Claire, honks and bonks, you got any? Sure. Yeah, so in order to get some honks and bonks out there, since I haven't been playing, I've only been playing games I've already played for the most part. <laughs> I mean, um, same. <laughs> yeah, so I've been playing some like shorter browser-based games to kind of just explore. And I found this really cool one. This was from a newsletter I get called The Hustle, which is very like business-focused, but I always enjoy it. <laughs> And they'll share cool little links around the internet. I actually found I found the um, Uber game that way that I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And yep. this one is called Emily Blaster. Okay. And it's by Gabrielle Zevin, who is also an author. So before I jump into it, I'm just going to read um, the little note on the website that talks about like where Emily Blaster came from, the game. And it is related to Emily Dickinson. That is the Emily in Emily Blaster. So (laughs) this is verbatim from the website. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, But it says, Emily Blasters is is one of Sadie Green's earliest games and one of the first games I invented for Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. So Sadie Green is a character from a book. Um, It's the simplest game in the book, and I needed it to be convincingly something a clever college student might be able to make on a limited resources and time in the 1990s. It was inspired by the poetry of Emily Dickinson and by edutainment games of the 1980s, like Math Blaster. So, you know, a classic learn em up. Um, so that's, I just wanted to read that part because I think it was good. Um, oh, it was technically, sorry. So it was designed by Dan Vecito for Knopf Publishing. Um, but it was like, I guess, conceived by this author so, <laughs> in a book. And then the publisher decided to like, let's get someone to actually program this game. Incredible. Um, so yeah, so it's Emily Blaster. So it's very much styled like an old arcade game, and it or you know a PC game from like the 1990s, like they say. And the idea is you read. There's three rounds, and each round you read an Emily Dickinson poem. So for those who aren't familiar with Emily Dickinson, she does write really short poems for the most part, and so these are all four lines, so very short. And you kind of have to memorize it, and then the words from the poem will be coming down from the sky, and you have to laser blast them in order. In order, like, wait, it keeps track yeah. of, like, the order? Yeah, in order, because the, so, the words from the poem, you have to blast them in the order of the poem. Do you, So do, do you lose if you blast out of order, or do you just not get no. points? No, so I'm going to talk about that. Okay. I'll talk about right. that. But, okay, so I'm going to jump in, because that's part of it. So the honks are, it's actually challenging. So I thought this would just be kind of like a, like, kitschy game, you know, like, oh, haha, it's, like, in a book, it's fun to play. No, this game's hard. Oh. This game, this game goes hard, and it's a challenge. So you're like blaster. Technically, it's ink. I think you're blasting from the quill. Hilarious. Um, 
it can bounce off walls. So if you miss a word and then it bounces and it hits a word out of order, then you're like, nah. So you have to think really carefully and aim really carefully and the words move really fast and wiggly. And so it is, it's a hard game, which I did not expect. Like it's a game that's like, takes some skill. Um, I thought that was cool. The other honk, and this will get to your question, Isaac, is that it does score you on three separate things. So it is not just like, oh, you got it out of order, like tough luck. Um, you play through till you hit all the words in the poem. And then um, the scores, the scoring that it does is the poem points, which is like how many words you got in order in a row. Mm -hmm. um, and then accuracy. So just like how many words did you hit versus shots you fired, right? Okay. So, e so even if you're hitting all the wrong words, you can still get points for accuracy. And then bonus stars. So sometimes there's just these little stars on the screen and you can hit those and get bonus points. So there's lots of different ways to score. So it's not all reliant on that, which is good because otherwise it would be literally impossible and yeah. like not super fun. Um, so I think that the scoring really recognizes that like, we know this game's challenging, like here's a way to score it. Um, that like allows you to feel some accomplishment, <laughs> which is nice. Um, and then the final honk is that it does get you to memorize poems because you have to read the poem and remember the order of the words. And the more you play, the more you'll be like, okay, like now I really know this poem, right? Like that's kind of cool. I just think it's nice. It's neat. It, it is a learn em up, a true learn em up. So I have a question about that. So yeah. you, you have to, like it does not drop the words in order. Like it will drop. No. So usually it drops like not out of order too much because obviously like, so they're falling kind of like a space and not space invaders but you know like they're coming down yeah so if you miss them they'll just go and you they don't send another one of that word so like you just missed it that's just a tough luck situation Aww. so usually like they'll send them in like sort of order like the first three might come down around the same time but they'll like wiggle around so sometimes like they'll come down in order but then one will like get ahead of the other um and they'll also oh. throw random words in there like one like cake or there's one that just said wow <laughs> It's like, I don't think wow is in a, an Emily Dickinson poem. No, you don't think that? That sounds right to me, though. Wow. I say it like that because <laughs> I had an exclamation point. It was like, wow. <laughs> um, so they'll send a couple words down that are like not in the poem. And then so you really do have to remember the poem and they don't have the poem available for you to be reading. Okay, interesting. All right. That's pretty cool. That sounds like a nice, it seems like the game designer really thought it through a little bit. Yeah, no, this was like a very, like, again, I was surprised because it's just kind of, it seems like more of a promotional game for the book. Like in between the loading screens, there's like advertisements for the book or like a blurb for the book. And there's a link to the book at the end. So I was like, oh, this, you know, it's cool. But I, was, I really wasn't expecting much at all. And mm -hmm. uh, it actually was pretty cool. So my only bonk really is that it, um, well, I guess, I guess I have two. One is not really a bonk. This is just a note, I guess. So you can play it with your cursor or with the like arrow keys and like keys on the keyboard. Right. And the cursor way I found like nearly impossible. Oh, it, just it didn't. didn't really it work. was kind of clunky. And I guess for me, it almost, it almost felt like it was not encouraging, but that was kind of the first way they suggested it. And like the first way you interact with the game was with the cursor. So it almost makes it seem like, oh, it's set up to use this way. And then when I tried it that way, it was like, again, nearly impossible. Like I had to use the arrow keys. So uh, see, it's a, a classic, note. classic game design trick to have the first thing that you do <laughs> be important in the game. Like, uh, you know, press, press a 
to start the game. Uh, Mega Man, one of the early Mega Man games actually does this. It You press A to start the game. It says press A to start, and then it has like a little Mega Man that's on the start screen shoot his gun or jump or something. It, it Whatever corresponds with the button that you have to press. And then like an astute player will be like, ah, that button will make Mega Man jump <laughs> or shoot wow. or whatever it was. Yeah. No, that was not what was happening here. <laughs> um, so then the final bonk is I just think there should be a more, a bit larger variety of poems. Like, I guess I think this game is good enough that it could be a longer game or just like have more poems. It seems like there's only four Emily Dickinson poems loaded in here. Um, and oh. there's so many poems. And so like I, I played it, I think I played it three times through and just because I did want to see like, are there different poems? Like also get my score up now that I get the game. <laughs> Gotta get um, that it's score a pretty up. short game. So yeah, it's just kind of like if I played it any more times, it would kind of be boring because it's like, okay, well now I know the poems and I'm, it's just like the game mechanic, whereas I think part of the mechanic is like having to memorize a poem really fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's fun. And so like, yeah, play it a couple, like, I don't think you should have like an infinite number of poems in there, but I think having a couple more would be nice. So that's it, though. That's it for the box. I think that was a really fun, cute game. I'll definitely link it um, in the show notes. And I definitely want to read. I don't know what the book is about necessarily, but obviously someone who's in college in the 1990s who codes this game. And I'm like, I'm into it. So I might read the book. (laughs) (laughs) Which is called, I should say the book name one more time. Um, It is called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. um, And the author is why is it okay gabrielle zevin nice all right so now that we've talked about some games we've played how about some games we've imagined isaac do you have a game to pitch to me today i do i have imagined a real humdinger of a game i humdinger is a good thing right i i can't it's like an old-timey term that's what i was going for but anyways I thought um, a humdinger was like something that made you think. Is it? Maybe. Well, I don't know. It might uh, it might be accurate for your game, so let's hear it. Yeah. It is Paint War, a turn-based strategy game where you put miniatures on the field and your goal is to paint the enemy turning them to your side. So instead of oh my gosh, representing amazing. war, you know, it is Instead of representing, like, violence of guns and war, like, yeah, they still have guns and bombs and stuff, but it's all paint guns, and it paints the enemy's little miniatures, uh, wow. because this is based on miniature wargaming. Yeah, and you basically you made side. the hobby part, instead of the wargame part, it's the hobby part. That's yes. the game. That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you control a variety of different units who all have different types of, like, painting attack and surface area. Where your HP, like normally a game like this, you would have an HP value, but you just have a percentage of your surface area that's covered in various colors of paint. And when your HP, re- like when when your surface area is completely covered by a color of paint, whoever's color that is controls that unit. And your goal is to control every unit on the field that's how you beat a level so rather than like destroying enemy units it's all back and forth so like a bomb will throw a lot of paint over a large area so if you hit a group of enemies you very likely cover them like if you get a direct hit you probably entirely cover that miniature 
and thus gain it for like the next turn that you take. Mm -hmm. And probably a large number of the sides of a bunch of enemies, because there will be like physics in this to cover, like to have the paint actually splash correctly. Right. So if, if you hit a bomb on one side of a mini, you'll probably only cover half of the mini. Okay. Uh, like machine guns will shoot a bunch of like little paintballs that'll splatter and cover like a small amount. Um, Flamethrowers will just do constant paint sprays. Melee weapons will be like paintbrushes that you like do big sweeping slashes against. Or like you have a really big paintbrush that just get the entire front of the enemy at once. So yeah, there is a lot of movement involved here where you have to get multiple angles to cover it. Uh, encourage flank attacks like unflotting fire yeah it's uh i mean i guess it's pretty easy to explain i feel yeah. like everyone's got a pretty good picture painted ha <laughs> ha oh, wow you went for it and that's that's my idea paint war yeah no it's very simple and but i love that it's like because obviously there's warhammer games and like basically like video games based on war gaming mm -hmm. but they're all based on the war part and not on the hobby part. And I think that's fun. Now, are you going to have, like, points for accuracy? Like, are, is there a, a, like, version of this game where you can really, like, get into the details? Like, the detail uh, work or not so much? I don't think so. Uh, what I would probably say is that this game would have, like, maybe as, like, a sub game. Because, like, the goal is to cover the enemy with, like, one paint color. So, like, you're red versus mm -hmm. blue versus yellow, right? Oh, okay. So, so you're not really painting individual details through, like, yeah. this version of the game. But I could see there being, like, a side army painter mode where, like, you can take, like, one of the models in the game and, like, choose a bunch of different paint types. And, like, maybe it's got VR or something or you just use your mouse. But, like, you can paint the details. Oh, I like that. I think, I think that would be pretty fun. Um, and then... As, like, a mini game, yeah. Maybe you could use it to, like, set the base version of what your minis are going to look like when you put them on the table. But, like, Ooh. as the battle goes on, they get completely covered in multiple layers of paint anyways. So, like, you can put, like, these really detailed, like, oh, I've got blue guys with silver trim and uh, on their armor and, like all these details and like little brown satchels and stuff. And then like two turns in, they're just covered in red paint all over. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I think this is cool. That's a good thank, game. Thank you. Thank you. I, I worked really hard on it. Um, do you, do you have a pitch sesh game idea I that you worked do. really hard on? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's actually similar, I guess, in like harnessing a hobby style. Oh yeah. And, uh, I also kind of based it on Emily Blaster in a way or like okay. inspired by, um, so the game title working title is called right on time, but the right is like, right. Like you're writing. Oh, and it's more of like a habit game, I guess. So I was thinking, I was talking to my friend last week who's a writer and does NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month, um, all the time. And, like, thinking about how there's, like, gamified ways to, like, self-care and, like, do tasks, like, apps and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, what could be a gamified writing thing? And so, basically, this is a, it's supposed to get you, like, out of the editor brain. You know, like, it, the whole goal is just, like, words on a page. 
And so the idea is that you're typing your novel, screenplay, whatever, like whatever you need to type. Um, and as you type and like create words, your character is like running away from things. <laughs> that are, Like a fireball or like, I don't know, a dragon chasing it, something funny. And if you stop typing, then it's then it stops. And if you're typing really <laughs> slow, then it slows down and then it dies. And so you just have basically just have this like very like yeah, it feels like an urgency of like no, I must keep writing. And it, you can probably time it. So there are things called writing sprints that like you do during NaNoWriMo. Usually it's just through Twitter where someone will be like for the next 15 minutes, like everyone write just for 15 minutes straight. And then at the end you tweet your word count. So it could okay. kind of be like that, like a real writing sprint, I guess. So like you'd set it for like, I want to do this for 20 minutes. And then you have 20 minutes. And if you if you slow down or stop, then you it's like game over. But if you make it through the 20 minutes, then you like get to safety. And that's And you the idea. win. And then it automatically posts your uh, record online. Oh, you And puts that, you on a yeah. leaderboard. Yeah. So I think it, that would be kind of cool, like online gameplay. Or you could do it like a race, too, because a lot of people have writing groups. So like maybe you could have like like a like a multiplayer version where like you're all writing at the same time and then you're racing against each other. So I like this. I am just going to uh, emotionally prepare you for this game that's never going to be made, but uh, I know that this will crush you when you see this happen. The speedrunners will write nonsense gibberish in as fast as they can and they will get the highest scores. Well, but that's not that's not like the like that's you can't like speed run it because it lasts for the time you put in. Oh, that's true. That's that's that's. So I mean, I guess like word count, yeah. But like, I guess the whole point of writing goals is kind of like if you cheat, like you're really only cheating yourself because it's right. like okay, like. Well, no, it's not cheating. This is speed running, which is different. <laughs> Yeah, but again, it's like it's like okay, great, like you got more words than everyone else, it, but like none of them were real. So, whereas yeah. everyone else like wrote a chapter of a novel that they're you know care about. So I right. feel like I don't care. I, that doesn't break my heart. It's like if you want to do that, I mean, people do that for Nano too. It's like, or like I don't know. I feel like it's like if you want to if you want to do that, great. But the goal is to just help writers have fun while they are writing words. Right. Nice. Well, I yeah, like it. They can't it. actually go faster. Like they could go like the max speed of the runner, but they're still gonna have to do it for twenty minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so ha 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 ha. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So that's the end of my game, which means it's time for my favorite segment of this whole podcast. Podcast. Podcasto. And that segment is called the Rapid Fire. Round. Oh, I like and the sing song. I'm talking real slow because I didn't grab it. The link to the words. So basically, <laughs> how it works is. Do you want me to explain how it works while you yeah, set things up? Yeah, why don't you explain up? how it works while okay. I get this going? Yeah. So basically, we come up with. Uh, well, so all right. Claire is going to generate three random words from this website that we have. We have never seen these words before. We generate them in the moment. I set a timer for five minutes as she starts reciting the first three words to me. And in those five minutes, we have to come up with a mechanic, a title, and kind of like just like a game idea based on those three words. We can stretch the meaning of those words as much as we, we want, but it does still have to be in some way relatable 
and then I announce how much time we have left, and we move on to the next one, and we do that three times, and that's yeah, why it's the rapid fire cool. round. All right. So I actually have something a little different to start us off for funsies. <gasps> do we? Ha- so I had I had a listener a listener uh, message. Wow. And and it's not three words, but it's a phrase. Okay. They would like us to create. This is our, our listener, Megana, top listener of the show. Top <laughs> listener? Top. Okay. Yeah. Um, Do we have leaderboards for listeners? Oh, my gosh. We should. I mean, well, this is I a gaming a, podcast. Yeah. We should actually. That'd be hilarious. I don't know how we, we can't actually track individual listeners, no. though. So it would be a self-reported <laughs> leaderboard. You have to log in and say, I listen today. <laughs> anyway. Um I just based the, the my like unofficial leaderboard based on who texts me after an episode goes live. <laughs> and I'm like that you are right on right on time. So <laughs> all right. But it's a phrase. And we are making a game based on the title I puppied too hard. I puppied too hard. Okay, I have started the timer and so I puppied too hard. You are okay, so it's a it's a mischief-making game, a la Goose Game, Goose game. where, yeah, where yeah, you play yeah. as a little puppy. And yes. you have, instead of a list of tasks that you have to do, you have an energy meter. And okay. you have to get your energy meter from 100 to zero. Oh my gosh, I love it. You got to get the energy out. Like, you really do with the little puppy. You got a puppy too hard. So you, you got to... You too hard. And you do all kinds of naughty puppy things, like... Uh, chew on furniture and dig in garbage jump yeah. on counters like take food off counters and i've never you know, had all a the puppy, puppy so stuff yeah i only really know what kittens do that are bad but i think they're pretty similar yeah i mean little tiny animals only have so many ways of causing mischief and it's all pretty similar yeah so i love this there could be a point where like you're at like 30 percent and you still need to get that last 30 percent. you're like i don't know i destroyed everything yeah, well, you you're desperately looking around for something else to destroy. You got to get that energy out. <laughs> I love it. That was actually very simple, but I love it, and I think it should look similar to Goose Game. Oh like, yeah, with like... the easy polygons and soft colors. Yes, yes for sure, yep. for sure. I will say, Goose Game never made me nauseous. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Um, <laughs> we right. want to call that one wrapped. Yeah, I mean it's all called right. a puppy too hard, right? We already we got the title. That was right. the gift. Three minutes and 23 <laughs> seconds left. Wow, we nailed that one. I love it, though. I think it's a great game. Yeah, that's actually top tier. Thank you, Megana. That was an incredible prompt. Yes. So, again, if you if you want to hear your own prompt on this podcast, uh, you can email us at makethatgamepodcast at gmail.com, and we may use your prompt on the show, just like we just did. So... We're going to go back to our traditional rapid-fire round, um, and I'm going to generate three random words. The words are, ooh, ooh, okay, navy. Navy. Lounge. Lounge. And tail. Tail. So we're going for an animal theme this week. (laughs) Navy, lounge, and tail. Okay. So we could go navy the color or navy the, like, navy, you know, the navy. Yeah, with navy and tail, I was thinking of, like, a deep sea creature kind of battling boats. Okay. Kind Ooh, of idea. Like a, like a kraken. Yeah. 
but I don't know how lounge goes in there unless like that's part of the setup where you're just a deep sea creature, you're lounging, you're having a good time, and then uh, either like torpedoes hit you like accidentally in or like a bomb test or something happens and then you rise up and you get revenge on the navy. I mean I kind of wanted it to be like a lounge. You know, like I'm going to the the navy lounge. Okay. Okay. But now so, I'm like well, could it be an under the sea lounge? I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. So when you say navy lounge, I think of red room and slash or black lodge and mm-hmm. white lodge mm-hmm. from Twin mm-hmm. Peaks. Uh, I think Red Room is from Deadly Premonition, which is a video game. So this could be like a, a point-and-click adventure game okay, set okay. in like a mysterious Lynchian kind of universe. Yes. Under and the water. You either – or it could be under the water. Um, so like the mysterious otherworldly room that you find yourself in like dreams and stuff is the Navy Lounge. Mm-hmm. And uh, you or an important character has a tail. Okay. Yeah, fine. I'm good with so, that. Yeah, you investigate mysterious happenings. So it's a point and click adventure, so you have, you know, the inventory, you have the wacky methods of interacting with things. So you like you select um book and then you select lick and you lick the book and the game says a little quip and you go, "Ah, well, I don't know what I was thinking with that one." But then at some point in the game licking the book actually is the answer to the puzzle classic this is going to be really weird for anyone who has no idea what i mean by point and click adventure game oh oh, i do know point and click adventure game so yeah okay cool so do we have a name do we just call it the navy lounge i think we just call it the the navy lounge and it's like spooky spooky dun 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 okay the navy lounge point and click adventure game lynchian elements (laughs) okay yeah two minutes and 10 seconds left all right, are yeah. we ready <laughs> yes. for our final? Always ready. Dum, dum, da, 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 da. All right. Captain. Wow, okay. very ocean. Yeah. Aid, like A-I-D. Okay. Aid, aid. Voter. Voter? Voter, yes. Captain it could have been aid. voter. It could have been. Wouldn't it be nice that it wasn't? Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right, so Captain Voter, what was the middle one? Aid. Aid. Like help. Um. Maybe, okay, maybe you're like a sea captain, and you have to ferry people to the poles. And the more people you can get to the poles, the, the better your score. Because voting matters. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, so we've got this whole intricate setup, right? So, all right, there is an island that's just off the coast. It's like a small island. Imagine, if you will, if you've watched it, dear listener, um, <laughs> Midnight Mass kind of island. <laughs> Very small population, pretty isolated, far, far, far-ish from the mainland. You are the captain of the ferry. There is a vote that's happening, but it's so politically... The island is part of a coast town, and the coastal town's mayor is, like, putting forward laws that are going to horribly affect the island. So you have to 
in order to get like th- the people on the island represented, you have to make sure as many of them get there as possible. Wow, amazing! Uh, this is this is a very short arcadey game. Like this is like a this feels like it would be a game jam game because I don't know how to spread this out. Unless no, I like, think it is. Yeah, sure. It's a, it's just about how many people can you ferry over before you know vote the polls close, right? It's a very like basic. Yeah. In that sense, but obviously deep, deep lore. <laughs> yes, deep, deep lore. And it sends a message. Uh, we, like, I mean, if if there existed a town in the USA where an island uh, was represented by a, like, non-island entity, we could probably get a um, grant from that town <laughs> for educational purposes to explain to the townsfolk why yeah. getting to the mainland to vote is so important. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, v- vote in boat. The oh, vote in boat. SS oh vote in boat. That's it. That's amazing. The vote in boat. All yes. right. Uh, time? Time, yeah. All right. Two minutes and 20 seconds left. Vote and boat. Vote and boat. I was going to say, I think we accidentally speed ran this episode. <laughs> yeah, but they love it when we do it. They love it when we do it. All right. Well, that's it. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on social media at Make That Game Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, you can also email us at Make That Game Pod cast at gmail.com with feedback on the episodes games you think we should honk and bonk or prompts you want us to make a game about we love it we love to see it we love to read it we, we, and if you, we do love the prompts we love the prompts and if you heard a game today that you think i just need to play that game i need that game to exist we really encourage you to go out there and make, make that, that game, game. Ha, <laughs> ha,